Hello, welcome to the show. It's episode 13. Unlucky for some. I'm Ben Maudsley, and I'm here with Man of a Thousand Voices. It's David Wetnall. Hello! How are you doing? I'm okay. Man of approximately six voices. Six generic impressions. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how's, how's it been going? Good, not bad. Cool. Now, do you remember a couple of podcasts ago, we got an email from Michael Tall? Yes. He's been in contact again. Has he indeed? Can you do the honours? I will give it a good bloody go. Let's have a look. (laughs) What have we got? What are we working with? Hello, Dave and Steve. (laughs) Thanks for reading out my message. To show my thanks, I put a friend and his nan onto your show, tripling your audience overnight. In anticipation for the World Championship, I too re-listened to some old shows, assuring myself that they were full of quality snooker chat. I must have got them mixed up with snooker scene. What I was greeted to was a long-winded story about the time Dave found a massive turd at work and everyone gathered round to see it. (laughs) A must for any new listener, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, keep up the good work. You're a listener, Mike. Oh, he's a Uh, wag, isn't he? That's... I mean, he's not the only one to have appreciated that story. I've been dining out on that story for many, many years. It was a major digression from snooker, though. It was. But we, you know, we cater for all interests, be it snooker or dumb. hunters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. There's something for everyone. Snooker and dung. <laughs> dung Junwe. <laughs> dung Junwe. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, he. I, I would wish more people get in contact. Really. Yeah. Because it gives us a little something to talk about at the start of the show. So get get your emails in. Yeah, we can do readers. Readers' wives. Readers' wives. <laughs> listeners' correspondence. Or maybe we should change um, the generic accent we use for correspondence. Oh, that's a bold claim. A bold attempt. Hello, Dave and Steve. <laughs> in anticipation for the World Championship, I too re-listened to some of the old shows. Well, I was greeted through a long-winded story about the time they found a massive turd. Uh, we should talk about the World Championship, really. Yeah. Um, it feels you... like it was months and months ago. It's like... It was only a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was one month. It was one month ago. It was a great tournament. It was. It was... Unfortunately, though, you had to go away during it. Schoolboy error. I missed the middle weekend, yeah. Um, bad judgment on your point, because you booked it ages ago. I did. I booked it, like, six months before, and I completely forgot. What was it like going from the excitement of watching the first round and then to be sort of cut off from it? Um, in a way, I think it was good. I think it worked out okay. Because was, while I was away, I was keeping an eye on the internet stuff, so I was keeping yeah. an eye on the scores. Um, I did miss... Uh, Murphy and O'Sullivan it was a good game which was by all accounts a great match but um, I feel like because it's a bit of a marathon isn't it the World Championship and if you're going to watch a lot of it by the end of it you can get a little bit jaded you felt refreshed when you got back that's it because I had that break I came back and I was well up for watching it well I I think I enjoy the first round a lot more in terms Mm -hmm. of the excitement of it like the possibilities what can happen and it does dwindle in the second week although I'm still enjoying it it's like it is a bit of a marathon but um, so I suppose I think as well if if you're not particularly bothered about any one player yeah, yeah. I mean you don't support one player you just want to watch all the snooker matches in the first round it's good because there's, there's a lot of players involved there's a lot of matches the turnover's quite quick mm. you're watching different players all the time so by the time you get to like yeah, the quarters yeah. and semi-finals 
Yeah. You're just watching the same, basically the same players again and again, aren't you? Yeah. Also, it's almost like every match is like a final almost in the first round. Well, yeah. It's like the possibility yeah. of any one of those players getting to the final is exciting. Yeah. I mean, the the pick of the matches in the first round, but for interest, was Judd Trump and Roy McLeod. Like, well, that was the talking point in the first round, wasn't it? He, uh, I think he really missed a great opportunity there. Trump into I mean all credit to Roy McLeod but I think yeah. he'll never get a good a better draw than that no he'll never get a better chance to go far in that and tournament because he was going into the tournament in like really hot form he was he was the favourite pre-tournament yeah. favourite and he got the easy draw in the and he got the easy draw in the easy half of the draw yeah he must be kicking himself I think um, if you were Trump you'd be straight on a plane out of the country wouldn't you because you wouldn't it's just everywhere it, isn't it yeah you would, you would just want to get away from it and just yeah. it, think like... It better get himself yeah. a commiserative Burger King at the airport. Ooh, I want my Burger King. <laughs> I want a Whopper. <laughs> Give us a massive Whopper. <laughs> he was a massive Whopper to get beat in the first round. Talking about Burger Kings, a couple of podcasts ago when you read out that list of uh, funny pool player nicknames. Burger King Jeff! Last one was Burger King Jeff. I think that should be our nickname for Judge Burger King Jeff. <laughs> It was funny, but there's loads you missed out on that list. You should do it yeah. again. Do you want to do it again? Well, I don't want to do ones that I've already done. Well, no, we'll, I mean, you we'll missed just, loads out, so I'll, I'll just yeah. take the ones that you missed we'll out. We'll just see if Kid Delicious is around again later. Okay. And, uh, he might introduce us to some more of his friends. But uh, with that judgmental match, um, as the match was kind of slipping away from him, did you see he was kind of like, he was sort of clutching his shoulder and wincing yeah. as he was in his seat now you're fooling no one well even if he was injured don't show it don't ham it up because it becomes like an embarrassing excuse yeah. doesn't it yeah and it's like it was, to be honest I was a bit like oh, come on mate can't be that bad also, yeah. unless it was really unless it really was really serious pain and that affected yeah. it but he, You'd say it, it didn't seem to be affecting him in the first uh, session when he was mm. went 4-0 up yeah like I remember once when uh, me and you were playing snooker and I was an, on an important shot. You like fabricated a heart attack. <laughs> you you see? Remember? <laughs> remember that? Yeah. And that put me off. I don't know what had happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't completely invent it. Something happened to oh, me. Oh yeah. And uh, it put you off your shot. You tore the uh, tore the cloth. Touching <laughs> <Touching> cloth. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll try anything to beat you. Um. When we used to play. Uh, like pool and snooker. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. So we would play like, play like a best of 11. Yeah. Like it'd be interesting the way the game would ebb and flow like a, an actual professional game. So like someone would get ahead, there'd yeah. be a comeback and then there'd be like a tense finish and it gave you like a little insight on in how matches work. Yeah. Not saying... I wonder why that is. It always seemed to happen like that, didn't it? Like, yeah. But like obviously it's n- it's not the same as a professional game. No, no. But when you get two people at the same standard it seems yeah. to... Have, like that kind of flow of the game seems yeah. to happen because like, we were kind of at the same level weren't we yeah we were I mean I think it's different with pool because it's very easy it's it's very easy and also I think it's a lot more like luck isn't yeah, it yeah. but it still did seem to happen like one person would get ahead a few frames yeah. and then the other person would claw it back yeah which you know you, you do see that a lot in games if it's like best of 11s like quite long matches yeah you're you're much better temperament than me. I mean? start to, when I when I'm really far behind, I start to get annoyed with yeah, myself. Yeah. Start missing stuff. From also, when people are watching, you get a bit tense. It was in pieces you once we were playing there, and we were getting watched by like these two um, Chinese, Chinese girls, girls in there. Just two of them, 
I went to absolute pieces. I was on fire. They were clapping you with every shot. They gave me the clap. I was after the match. I was getting booed. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, that's why I went Spurred to pieces. Spurred me on. I fucking pressed these uh, dolly birds. Snooker wives. Snooker wives. When I was watching the World Championship, because um, obviously it was on a lot in the house, Yeah. and snooker wife, she was watching it a little bit. Yeah. She'd just come in and sort of commentate. Just like make a little comment. Commentate. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting to the uh, commentary box. <laughs> anyway, uh, she, there was a game on the telly. There yeah. was a match on the telly. And they were just, you know those shots where you sort of get your leg over on the table and stretch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she went, she looked at the telly and she went, that's the only time snooker is a sport. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair I was like, yeah, that's yeah. fair comment. True. Most of the time it's just leaning on a table, isn't yeah. it? It's a bit of exercise. Yeah. It's not the only time. You remember in Big Break when they had to pot as many balls as they could in yeah. a minute? Bring back Big Break. That's when they had to run round. That was a sport. Um, oh, actually, the one thing I was going to mention is uh, I saw on Twitter. Now, this is fast becoming a bit of a feature, and it's Sean Murphy's uh, brags on Twitter tweets. Humble brags. Yeah, it's Sean Murphy's bot <laughs> brags on Twitter. Uh, and he said, um, worst decision I ever made, selling my Aston Martin DB9. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. Oh, what a fool I've been. First world problems. Sold my Aston Martin DB9. But yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll put some more up for future episodes. Yeah. He's a little braggart. He's a braggart. Now, um, if you're a fan of the double entendre, <laughs> uh, snooker is definitely the sport for you because you've got the likes of ball, screw and butt, etc. Just to name a few. Yes. I mean, it's not funny. It's like the lowest form of wit, really, isn't Playing it? Playing with bottom. There is, there is one. That sometimes raises a titter in our house, and that's a uh, tip. Oh, I mentioned tip. Uh, this is having problems with the tip. This is John Power describing how excited uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan gets before games. Have a listen to this. Wasn't you had a chat with him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, he just said his tip's really hard. <laughs> and this is a little exchange during the World Championship between uh, Willie Fawn and Peter Ebden discussing yes. their, their respective tips. <laughs> he saw. No. An excellent shot of Barry Hawkins' tip, slightly domed, <laughs> absolutely flush to the ferrule, just ever so slightly overhanging. We were looking at the Kieran, uh, Kieran Wilson game earlier on, and uh, he's got a very, very small tip, virtually to the ferrule, yet other players like to have quite a big tip. Barry Hawkins' tip will certainly last the distance. <laughs> 17. What did you prefer? You're a big tip man, weren't you? I used to play with a big overhanging tip, but I actually played with a, a very big tip, as big as 11.4 actually on a 9.3 ferrule, which was absolutely huge. Uh, sometimes it used to manage to block out the sun. But, um, it's a very big tip. You don't find many top players play with that size tip these days. That is a great little exchange, but I, I mean, how many times was tip mentioned in that little segment? I had to cut that down because it was going on for too long. I mean, yeah. They I, must, I think they knew what they were doing. Do you, no, no, it's not. Slightly it's not an obvious. Domed. <laughs> it's not an obvious entendre. Barry Hawkins has got a slightly domed tip. I used to play with a overhanging tip. tip, very large. Used to block out the sun. Nice little joke from Peter Ebden. Quite to lighten them. I'm warming a bit to Peter Ebden in the commentary box in terms of. He's a big tip man. I think the BBC commentary team are great for just like gaffes and yeah. funny comments which oh, that, we can use that uh, 
Willie Thorne when he when the microphone was still on. That oh, was so funny. That was on like the first day. Yeah. And I was just like, this is great. Like well, I'll tell you what, there's Pete, a gaff on day one. These seats, it's a fucking nightmare. It sounded a bit a little bit brummy. Yeah, he, like when he was thought he was off mic, he sounded dead brummy and then he came back with his like, oh, uh, He was uh, quite posh at the uh, uh, yeah, yes. It just just uh, screw the screw the white in there. Playing the uh, bottom. No, he's like, oh, no, put when you were in that seat. I'll show you what put it when you were in that seat. It's a fucking odd, mate. Barry Hawkins plays with a slightly domed tip. Kyron Wilson's got a very, 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 very small tip. <laughs> Actually, on a very small feral. Venue vitriol. If you can come down to the crucible and watch snooker, you will feel so prolonged. And you can say, I was there. I did. And I don't even like snooker. Okay, this is our feature where we read out TripAdvisor reviews from snooker venues or venues where there's been snooker played. It's pretty tenuous, but it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) we got to fill it with something. Um, actually, there's one from the Ali Pali when someone went to watch the Masters. That one's okay. quite good. Shall I do this one? Yeah, okay, you can do them all today. Went with my son to the Masters snooker. He's a vegetarian, and we didn't need to want to go to the pub area, hoping for great food in the so-called Palm Court, as we had a long drive from Kent, but no food apart from German sausages. This <laughs> is uh, the so-called Palm Court. Like you can only say that if there weren't any palms in there. Yeah. Oh, the so-called Palm Court. Which was neither a court nor did it have any palms. We did knit. Want, maybe it was the, the policeman from uh, we did, Hello Hello. <laughs> we did knit want to go to the pib. Um, from German sausages. Yes. You could have we, had a bun. <laughs> just a bun and a bit of sauce. You have a sausage in a bun with no sausage. He did knit just want that. He did knit want to knit. He did knit with it. Oh well, let's have a look. Well, the so-called palm court. You do one. Uh, this one, this next one's from the Barnsley Met Metrodrome, and that's where they do some qualifiers for some of the tournaments. The Barnsley Metronome. E click click click. Um, the whole changing rooms were disgusting. The pictures speak for themselves. Rubbish, dirty nappies, mud, smell, urine, and general filth. <laughs> I like that it includes smell as one of the things. There was rubbish, dirty nappies, mud, smell, urine, and general filth. Well, there was a lot of smell in there. Get rid of that smell. Oh, there's a lot of smell in here. The old changing rooms were disgusting. The pictures speak for themselves. Rubbish, dirty nappies, mud, smell, urine, and general filth. (laughs) Smell. Got a lot of smell in here. There's oh. a huge amount of smell. Oh, pong off, will you? <laughs> pong off, there's a smell in here. Terrible mud urine, it's all smell. <laughs> it's a manageable bat because there was a terrible mud urine. There's a terrible muddy smell in here. Terrible. <laughs> oh, great. Terrible. It's a muddy smell of urine in here. Get your dirty nappies. <laughs> dirty nappies. <laughs> Show power to power. <laughs> what else? Oh, um, 
The Blackpool Tower Circus. Uh, now, they used to hold the World Championship there. Because I, yeah. So well, having a look back at where they were held pre-crucible, and that was one of them. Well, there you go. What voice are you going to do it in? Hey, I don't know. I might join this one. Forty's cinema thing was not good at all for kids. We were left with a scared two-year-old and didn't get to the top of the shower. None of this was explained on the purchase of our overpriced tickets. <laughs> I don't think they would say that to you, would you, when you were buying a ticket? They wouldn't explain to you. Your two-year-old's going to be scared. Your two-year-old will be terror-stricken and you won't get to the top. <laughs> You'll never make it to the top with that You're right. two-year-old. <laughs> overpriced. Well, there you go. Now, this one is a I. It's a cause that's close to my heart. Is it? Because I think afternoon teas are a rip-off. But anyway, I'll read it out and see if you agree. <laughs> the afternoon tea provided was dire. It consisted of two ham sandwiches and salad. Who ever heard of salad in an afternoon tea? One scone and a flapjack, all served on the same plate. And a barely warm cup of tea. Poor selection, poor quality, poor quantity, and poor value. Poor. <laughs> poor. Very poor. Very. That last bit sounded like Alan Hansen. Yeah. You talk about selection, poor quality, <laughs> poor quantity, and poor value. Good. It's poor. <laughs> That's, That's good. Alan Hansen, he's not a fan of the afternoon tea. Um, Since he's retired from Match of the Day, he's... Uh, Spouted off a lot of vitriol. Actually, um, quite topical because a woman got prosecuted this week, or um, something happened. She re- left like a one-star review, yeah, of a restaurant. I think it was in America, yeah, and she got threatened with like a lawsuit because it was like oh, they thought liable. it was unfair. Yeah, yeah, they thought it was unfair, uh, which goes really against the whole thing this, of leaving a review, doesn't it? Well, What's the point if you have to leave yeah. a good one? It has to be a legally accurate. Yeah, but it's review. you can never know whether it is. It's just somebody's opinion, isn't it? Yeah. It could be a rival restaurateur. I suppose there are things, though, where if they say, like, um, something happened that didn't happen, like, if they make something up, then it's crossing the line. If you say, like, the food came and I didn't like it, that's fine. But if you say, like, I paid money, they didn't give me any food, Mm. that's a lie. I suppose. For the cinema thing, not good for kids. (laughs) I'm thinking about you. So, um, I really thought, you know, that you mentioned that Ronnie Sullivan, Sean Murphy match. Yeah. And Ronnie Sullivan looked amazing in that. Yeah. I really thought maybe he was going to, he was going to win it. Mm. Just, but like, I think with the older players, it's consistency they have the problem with. Because you saw with Higgins, he was yeah. great for the first session and he just couldn't sustain it. I think th- there's definitely a thing about stamina. Yeah. Um, and age. Yeah. About concentration and, mm. and. That sort of stuff. There must be like a yeah. sweet spot of like um, experience mm. and stamina and concentration. Yeah. I think as well, it's like if you once your your skill starts to drop off a little bit because you get old, you know, things like your eyesight and stuff starts to deteriorate. Um, then you have to work harder on like concentrate and focus just to get your game 
to yes. keep your game at the high level. So mm. it's a lot harder to maintain that high level. Whereas yeah. someone like Selby, who at the moment is basically in his prime, he's probably not having to work as hard to mm. maintain his level. Yeah. It's interesting people were saying um, that now Selby could push on and maybe even beat Stephen Hendry's uh, mm. record. So I'm seriously doubt in the modern game now because I just think it's, there's so many people who can win tournaments. Yeah. I just think it'd be highly unlikely, but you never know. You never know. I mean, he, he does... <clears throat> he's got the right type of game to win multiple For the World Championships. It's sort of long custom format made, matches. Yeah. His game. Um, I bet Henry was gutted he didn't win that eighth because he would have forever been known as King Henry, Henry the, eighth, the Eighth. King of Snooker, wouldn't he? I bet he would have loved to be in Henry yeah. the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. All the, all the headlines would have been Henry the Eighth. Yeah. Would have been amazing. It would have been. And his six wives. <laughs> Dirty bastard. Yeah. But... But I mean, to be honest, I mean, if I could have chosen two players to be in the final, they would have been bottom of the list. I think, like out of each half. I think I was, yeah, I was similar. I didn't when it got to the final, and it was those two players. I wasn't really bothered mm-hmm. anymore. They've, won, they've both won it yeah. multiple times before. Yeah, you, I always like to see somebody on their first sort of chance of trying to win it. Yeah, that's always or, exciting. A bit of a story where they got an underdog or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But I mean, I still watched it and enjoyed it. It was quite. Yeah. It was a good match. It was good actually, quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as as I say, it's it's nice to root for somebody and really get behind somebody. And I was just a bit. I wasn't really bothered yeah. the outcome. Yeah. I just wanted a good match. I mean, the semi final, Selby and Ding. Yeah, that was a good game, wasn't it? Yeah, that was an incredible match. Ding that looks, was much better match than the final. Ding looks in absolutely brilliant form. Yeah. He looks so relaxed at the yeah. Crucible now. He's always struggled a bit there. Yeah. And he's, you know. And I think it's. It, it, he would have beaten anybody. Yeah. Except Selby in that tournament. Yeah. If he, if he didn't know, yeah. come up against anybody, I think he would have won it. Yeah. But I suppose that's that's the nature of, the, of it, isn't it? There's always the best player in there. You know, you've got to play everybody. Selby know. seems to always get a good run, though, doesn't he? Like, any, a little, it's a little sort of sneaks through of easy matches. He never seems to get tested early rounds, does he? Yeah, but then I think that's that's because of the way he is. Like, he yeah. he doesn't allow anyone to catch him out. Yeah. Whereas, there's, you know what happened to Judd Trump? Mm. You could never envisage that happening to Mark Selby. No. Because you feel like he's mentally prepared for every match. Yeah. And he will go out and play as if he was playing Ronnie O'Sullivan or, you know, yeah, yeah. somebody of really high standard, no matter who he's playing against. There was a few little press conferences with Judd Trump prior to the start of it, and he was very cocky, saying, you know, I'm in great form and I really want to... Yeah. He was in great form, and when he's, when he's on his day, yeah. he can't beat anybody. But he just needs, to, it just needs to all come together at the right time, doesn't it? I do think as well that Judd gets kind of... Uh, because there's a lot more tournaments now with short f- formats... Best of sevens, best quite of nines. Used to playing short of He's used to playing that, but his game suits that as well because he can yeah. go out and blow someone away in the first half of a session, mm-hmm. get four 0 up, and it's then no way back. Exactly, um, but in the world championship, you've got to have that. They're going to come back at you at some point. Mm. You're never going to whitewash someone, so you kind of got to be able to play dirty frames. You know, you've got to yeah, play the scrappy out. frames. Scrap it out. Um, I don't think he, he hasn't got the temperament to do that at the moment. No, no. I think he'll do well this season. I think he'll win quite a lot of stuff. <clears throat> probably, yeah. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, Marco Fu will probably continue his run of good form. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ding is going to be tough to beat. Yeah. So there's just so many players who can win tournaments now. It's uh, highly competitive. When is the uh, is it Riga? 
Riga's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. There's not much of an off-season, is there, for snooker? Not really. But it seems, to, it seems to be a bit bitty in the summer, and then you've just got so many around, sort of November, December, yeah, January. Yeah, it's really That's like the up. proper season start. Yeah. But that's good, really, because it's like winter time. You don't go out as much. It's yeah, nice to have on the telly. Watch the snooker. But there we go. Serious um, snooker chatting. Konalanga. Memorial competition. Now, I've always complained that we didn't have any winners. Uh, we've had two recently. Hold the press. I sent one off to... Um, a guy called Mark Riley. Oh, yeah. And, Off uh, of Radio 6. No, no, not that one. But he sent me a brilliant picture of him wearing the T-shirt with his little one, and they both had bow ties on and cues. Yeah. And, and the caption was, like, just ready to watch the World Championship with his podcast T-shirt. <laughs> which was brilliant. And also, Mark Riley posted one of the funniest snooker-related tweets I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's... Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen... There's, like, a clip of um, Alex Higgins outside his house getting hounded by the press, like a famous clip. I've never seen and he's it, got, like, this massive, like, furry, kind of, like, 60s... Hat on. Yeah. And, uh, Mark Riley stood in Pets at Home and the captain's like, recreate the look of Alex Higgins 1981 and he's got a dog basket on his head. <laughs> that's, that's always made me laugh. <laughs> I haven't seen that. But yeah, so they, they both got t-shirts, so uh, there are winners, aren't there? Because yeah. Connor contacted us this week. Yeah. And he's uh, he's uh, losing his touch, I think. Read that out. Hey, lads. Just letting you know, I'm still listening to and loving the podcast. Haven't had a clue of the last two competitions. Connor. <laughs> Thanks for keeping in touch, mate. Um, he's losing his touch, isn't he? Yeah. It's, I like the fact that he, you know, he, he's taking the time to, to write in yeah, yeah. to say he doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, that impression of him was spot on, though. Because I've heard him. I spoke to him once on the phone. Have you actually? That's exactly what he sounds like. Connor. Um, yeah, I, I respect the fact that he's, he feels like he's got to tell us that he doesn't know the answer. That's nice. It's a nice touch. I mean, it is his competition. Some people have asked me why it's called the Conor Langdon Memorial Competition. And it's not just because he was the only one entering. It's just because when you showered his name <laughs> that first time, I lost my shit. Like, I was <laughs> laughing for so long. I edited it all out on the podcast, but like, it really made me laugh. Yeah. I just wanted to be reminded of that. Yes. Yeah. I think we should never forget that. <laughs> we what won't. a moment it was. Um, but this week's competition is quite a tricky one. Uh, it's a snooker it's player getting interviewed. You've got to uh, identify the snooker player. Okay. But the first bit is the interviewee asking a question, and it's only a little tiny bit of snooker play. Yeah. Yeah, the interviewer. So the, it's only like the kind of last few seconds of the actual player, so it's quite a tricky one. How viewed amongst the, the Kirk Stevens and the Alex Higgins and those guys when they're playing. Ideas either. Not a clue. Yeah, it's, it a, tricky like, it's a tricky um, one. Oh, what, what game is it? Like a computer game or an arcade game? Yeah. Oh, uh, when you die. die and it goes, yeah. Is it Space Invaders? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what exactly. it sounds like. Yeah. Or Pac Man. 
Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if anyone gets that, like, they deserve a t-shirt. We'd be yeah. impressed with that. If you can get it. Have you run out of t-shirts or something? Is that why you're making the competition so hard? Maybe, maybe. So yeah, uh, answers to Snooker Podcast. I think it was Edwardian Ghost. Yes. Neil Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, so answers to snookerpodcast at gmail.com if you think you do. It's time... For Chinese Whispers. <laughs> Improvised a jingle there from Dave. Cut that out. Um, now, this week, I stumbled across an absolute goldmine of uh, mm. hilarity. Sorry, I mean, if you don't know what this is, it's um, it's our feature where we look at Chinese snooker forums and internet web pages, and they've been translated into English with our browsers. You know, Google will translate it into English yeah. with hilarious results. Yes. So, this. Um, I found myself on this page. You know these type of websites where people like ask a question and then other users will answer them? Yeah, like a Yahoo answer. Yeah, like a something. Yahoo, but it's like the, a Chinese equivalent. Yeah. So someone asked the question, um, what are some famous snooker player nicknames? Ah. And like loads of people answered and they're just hilarious. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> they're just like really, really funny because obviously, yeah. translate back into English, it doesn't really make much sense. But yes. um, there was quite a lot. I don't do all of them, but yeah, there's a few of them. So I've got a few here. Um Steve Davis. We use the nuggets to describe Davis. <laughs> the nuggets. We use the nuggets. Um, Tony Duego is called the tornado for hitting the world's fastest man. He's got a sturdy ball style known as pirates. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, this is, there's a few for Graham Dot, which is quite funny. Um, I reckon that what they've done is they've just... Um, Gone onto the Wikipedia page. We yeah. did all these in English, didn't we? we did, so this yeah. is this is Graham Dot. Graham Dot, Scotland Dotter, pocket-sized dynamo, <laughs> exquisite rocket, Dotter's pot, pot massive Dotter, boiler large amounts of Dot. <laughs> <laughs> I think my boiler's got large amounts of Dot in it. Yeah, yeah. he's draining. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, here's a few more. Scotland's Anthony McGill is authorised pleasant sensation. <laughs> That's a quality nickname. Yeah. Authorised pleasant sensation. Martin Gould, crazy god, allowed Superman glasses man. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favourite. This is absolute gold. Um, Mark Williams, the British media have given him the nickname the planet's most accurate person. <laughs> Planet's most accurate person. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, oh, there's one for Mark Selby as well. Mark Selby, Lester Clown, Joe King, Reversal of the King, the Tiebreaker Wang. <laughs> so they're great. The Tiebreaker Wang. What was your favourite out of those? Um, it was the Planet's most accurate person. No, it wasn't. Let me see the list. Uh, which one was it? It was my favourite. Yeah, it was Tony Drago. It's called the tornado for hitting the world's fastest man. This sturdy ball style known as pirates. But well, I've got loads more of these, so I will do them on the next one because they're great. I want to so, know so much, so much. when Tony Drago hit Usain Bolt. I think that means he hit the world's fastest century, which he did. He, he did yeah. like a century in under a minute. For hitting the world's fastest man. Sturdy ball style known as pirates. Yeah, they are brilliant. The tiebreaker wang. It's funny, um, like, 
laughter is like a social thing, like an expression of the emotion, isn't it? Yeah. And normally when you hear something funny on your own, it's like an internal thing. You, you register that it's funny. Yeah. You might not laugh out loud. Yeah. When, yeah. I, when I was reading those off the internet, I was absolutely guffawing, <laughs> like crying with laughter, just sat on the couch, like laughing out loud. That's, this is quite a rarity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, you've, probably, you've heard some of them before and you still found it funny, didn't you? The only one I'd heard before is... Um, the Dirk Dragon one. No, no, um, Mark Williams, the world's most accurate person. Hi, it's me, Kid Delicious. I'm here to introduce you to a couple more of my pool pals. We got Bank and Bob, Breezy, Cappy, the Spin Doctor, Tossback Ted, Chippy P, Dead Eye Dick, Deadly Duck, Daddy Warbucks, Table, John Dog Todd, Danny the Golden Touch Christian, Danny the Sandman Christian, Dark Peter, Dead Eye, Dead Eye Dick, Deadly Bell Destroyer, Detroit Whitey, Diesel, Dirty Butt Potter. 